Welcome to the St. Edward's Podcast, a church filled with the Holy Spirit. We hope that today's words will draw you closer to Christ Jesus. This is our third week in the sixth chapter of the Gospel of John, and Jesus declares himself as the bread of life. A declaration where Jesus is saying that he is from heaven, that Jesus is, what he's saying is that he is God. And the Jews who were there with him, they complained. They said, how can this be? Is this not the son of Joseph? And Jesus told them to stop complaining. He goes on saying, whoever believes has eternal life. And then repeats that he is the bread of life. The bread of life is the key to last week's reading. It's the key to this week's reading. It's the key to next week's gospel reading. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. However, I want to focus on the last two verses of our gospel reading today, where Jesus said this. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Jesus clearly indicates that he himself is the bread that comes down from heaven in order to provide eternal life for those that believe. And of course, as Christians, we cannot but hear the hints and the images of our Eucharistic meal, our communion feast, the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus gave his life, the bread of life, for the life of the world. And Jesus said in the Gospel of Mark, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. You see, Jesus' primary mission in life was to die, a perfect sacrifice for us. Jesus gave his life so that we would benefit, and not just benefit on this side of death, also for our life after death. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. For it is this bread of heaven that we eat at Eucharist. Jesus not only declares that he is the bread of heaven, but also chose at the Last Supper, taking bread, and chose bread to be the symbol and the medium of which to receive his sacramental grace. In communion, in in Eucharist, we receive by faith forgiveness of sins. We receive strength in our union with Christ and with one another. And we receive a foretaste, a a nourishment toward eternal life. For Eucharist is the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving that we offer each Sunday on the Lord's Day. A way by which the sacrifice of Christ is made present, uniting us to himself. And one of the best ways to to hear this is in a prayer that we say at the 8 o'clock liturgy in our right one liturgy. It's the prayer of humble access, which some of you are familiar with. It's on page 337 in the Book of Common Prayer. 
we pray these words. We do not presume to come to this thy table, O merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness. But in thy manifold and great mercies, we are not worthy so much to gather up the crumbs under thy table. But thou art the same Lord whose property is always to have mercy. Here we always appeal to the mercies of God and not our own abilities, talents, or good good works that we've done through the week. It's all on the mercy of God because all of us have sinned. All of us are, are short of God's glory and we are all in need of a savior of the mercy of God. And then that prayer continues with these words. It, it says, grant us therefore gracious Lord so to eat the flesh of thy dear son Jesus Christ and to drink his blood, that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. For it is in the Eucharist that we feed on the bread of life, the bread that gives his life for us for the life of the world, and in so doing we dwell in him and he in us forevermore. In our theological tradition, which We really have a good, wonderful, rich theological tradition of faith. During the English Reformation, the 39 articles of religion were developed as the defining statements of of doctrine and practice of the Church of England. And they still help guide our faith today in the Episcopal Church and in the larger Anglican communion around the world. They're included in our Book of Common Prayer beginning on page 867, and you should read them sometime. These words composed in the 16th century speak to our understanding of the Eucharistic feast. And concerning communion, it says these words. The supper of the Lord, our communion, is not only a sign of the love that Christians ought to have among themselves one to another, but rather it is a sacrament of our redemption by Christ's death. And with faith... Receive the bread which we break is a partaking of the body of Christ. The real presence of Christ is present in the bread and wine. Now, this is a mystery, a a mysterious presence of God. And it is not in our theological tradition to hold the opinion of transubstantiation. Transubstantiation, which is the idea that bread and, and wine change substance That's not supported by scripture, as the 39 articles point out. Therefore, we do not worship the bread and wine. We worship God, the triune God, who is present in the Eucharistic meal. And again, turning to the 39 articles of our faith concerning communion, the body of Christ is given, taken, and eaten in the supper only after a heavenly and spiritual manner. And the mean whereby the body of Christ is received and eaten in the supper is faith. So the way in which we receive the body of Christ and the way in which we eat it is by faith. Eucharist, the eating of the body of Christ, is an act of faith. 
And it is in faith that we receive the sacrament of God's grace, which is why before we partake of communion, the words are always spoken in this way. The gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you. And feed on him. Feed on him. In your hearts, by faith with thanksgiving. When our Lord says that he is the bread of life, he refers to his sacrifice of which he gives his life for the life of the world. It is also in his statement that is the bread of life that he refers to the sacrament of Eucharist. The eating of his flesh by faith so that we receive eternal life. It invites his very real presence. The presence of Christ Jesus in our life. This is why we take the communion meal with reverence and fear. Awe. Before we receive of the bread of life, we confess our sins and we receive absolution. This is why we share in the peace with each other to, as to put aside any of our offenses we may have with each other so that we can come to the Lord's table in unity and in forgiveness. This is why the table is open for those who have been baptized because it is in the baptism that we proclaim openly and sacramentally that Jesus Christ is our Lord and that Jesus Christ is our Savior. It is in Eucharist that we, by faith, truly confess that Jesus Christ is the bread of life. The bread which was broken for our sins. The bread that we receive to remember how Jesus' brokenness heals our brokenness. So today on this Lord's Day, called the Lord's Day because it was early on a Sunday morning that Jesus rose from the grave. And so every Lord's Day early in the morning, we gather together to worship. That's where the tradition comes from. And so today on this Lord's Day, and any Eucharist worship in the week on a special feast day, whenever it may be, that when we receive the body of Jesus Christ, when we receive and eat the bread of life, may we be filled with his nourishment. And may we remember the words of our Lord. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Fill us, Lord. And make us one with you forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this conversation today. We will continue to pray that our teachings are impacting you for the kingdom of God. If you'd like to learn more about our community, you can find us on stedwardsepiscopal.com or on Facebook. And of course, we'd love for you to visit us in beautiful Mount Dora. May God's grace fill you as you go in peace.